1: Welcome to our American Horror Story 1984 mini-sode. This week, we are dissecting Episode 3, Slash Dance.
0: Each week, we will be dissecting every episode of the Slasher-themed season of American Horror Story, going over the synopsis, the kill list, and our usual dissection. Uh, So yeah, we are covering Slash Dance, which uh, premiered October 2nd of 2019, so it's our first official spooky season episode.
1: And this one feels extra special because... Uh, the director, it's our first female director, mm-hmm. um, Mary Wickmore, who uh, did a documentary called Birth Story um, and then has worked with um, this crew before on Scream Queens and 911. And then, extra special, the writer of this episode was James Wong, aka the oh, I director know and writer that. for the first and third Final Destinations. Yeah. And then also awesome. has worked with this crew on American Horror Story, Scream Queens. Um, But yeah, it felt different. And now after I saw this, I realized why.
0: Yeah. Also, I think we totally called it that these guys have a wheelhouse. And Mm -hmm. they stay in it as far as the people that they work with. Yeah. Yeah,
1: correct
0: me. I So we had the mostly same cast. Um, By the way, there's going to be maybe a little bit of weird um, maybe lag or whatever, um, I am in Southern California today, so this is the first episode we're recording via the internet, um, not together in person, which we normally do, so I'm going to Universal Horror, um, what, I don't know what the hell they call it, Hollywood Horror Nights, I don't know, HHN, so Hollywood Horror Nights tonight, um, and then we'll be attending, um. My friend, who is a horror journalist, Jerry Smith, um, is getting married this weekend, and I'm going to his wedding on Saturday. So so B and I had to record via Google Hangouts slash Audacity slash whatever the hell that one's called that you use. Um,
1: audition?
0: Yeah, Audition. Some fancy um, like that? Yeah. No, so- but
1: it is weird, because I think most podcasters podcast this way, um, and we've never had to. Mm-hmm. I've never done it before, so no Aren't we special so anywho it's definitely uh, a yeah. little different it is <laughs> uh regular like our normal cast this season or this episode um we've got emma roberts as brooke billy lord as montana cody fern as xavier matthew morrison as trevor gus kenworthy playing chet um john Carroll lynch as um mr jingles And then we do have a little bit of a change this episode. So Mm -hmm. Angelica Ross as Nurse Rita, except for not Nurse Rita. Um, Her name is Donna, I think. Her actual name is Donna, but she's not the nurse. She's a psychologist student um, trying to find a cure for serial killers. So that was a big twist for her this episode. Um, Zach Villa as our Night Stalker. D. Ron Horton as Ray. Um, Orla Brady returns as Dr. Karen in a flashback mm-hmm. and then we have two new characters that actually have names. Um, we've got three kids that are imitating like dressed up as Mr. Jingles and then we have Dreama Walker playing the real Rita the real nurse Rita um, if you recognize her she was from Don't Trust the Bee in Apartment 23 um, and then Mark doherty as Chan, the pledge student in Ray's flashback. Yeah, we have also something different this episode. We only have one killer. The night stalker does not kill anybody, right?
0: Not for lack of trying, but yeah, no, he does yeah. not successfully kill anyone.
1: No, so it is just Mr. Jingles plus a couple accidents. <laughs>
0: Yeah, 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 that's true. And also, it was weird because it was weird that the Night Stalker attacks Ray so viciously. Because in the last episode, we saw um, what's her name, Mark Margaret. Yeah, Margaret, tell him like no more killing um, of the of the counselors. Uh, counselors. Yeah. So I thought that was odd. I was wondering if he was actually if he would have followed through with actually killing, or if he was just like viciously attacking him.
1: Yeah, it seems like if he – he wasn't. Like, it seems like he was listening to her and that he just was trying to hold back and he happened to get away with the help of Chet, but I don't think he would have done it. It seemed like, you know, as he's slashing up his arms, he would have done it if he wanted to.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. Um. So the synopsis for this episode is – Um, Imitation is the best form of tragedy. Coming clean can be pretty messy. Which, uh, gotta love the wordplay there.
1: Right. Always. Um, No, I like how the first... Oh, go ahead.
0: Oh, I was just gonna... um, I was gonna launch into it, but go for it. The first...
1: Oh, I just like how the first synopsis, like, actually gave us, like, a few sentences about what this season was going to be. Like, oh, kids go to Camp Redwood, blah, blah, blah. And then now all of them are, like, just clever two-liners, basically.
0: Yeah, they're like, just watch the episode. You'll figure it out. We're just going to give you puns. Um, so we do pick up right where we left off last week literally with like both of the, uh, both of the killers banging on the doors of the infirmary and then also the other cabin. Um we see that the night stalker is at the door with Brooke, um fake nurse Rita, Ray and Chet and so that leaves um who we think for a moment is Mr. Jingles at the door of the cabin with um Xavier, uh, Montana and Trevor.
1: Mhm. <laughs> So, yeah, this is where, like we were talking about, Ray gets sort of sliced up on the arms. He sort of gets revealed as the coward trope. So that gets um, brought out in this section. He gets called out for that Um, because he's basically like, you know, Darwin, let's all, you know, fend for ourselves. I'm going to get out of here. Like, screw you guys. And they're like, well, fuck you. And um, he ends up, you know, getting slashed up, but then gets saved. Uh, but I like that this gets called out and that plays into the whole rest of the episode and kind of tells us more about Ray. And I guess we were, well, I was right and wrong about this episode for my predictions last week, but we do, we did get another backstory on him and I didn't really think we were going to get backstory on these characters, but we do see Ray's backstory a little bit later on, um,
0: I did say last episode, like, if we didn't see backstory this episode, we probably weren't going to see it. And then we got yeah. backstory on a whole bunch
1: of people. Uh-huh. So, yeah, it seems like, I don't know, nobody, it, it's hard because nobody else really thinks they're going to keep on this trajectory Mm-mm. on keeping it the whole one night. but And that it's going to have some big, crazy twist. But, I don't know, I'm I'm feeling pretty solid that this is the plan. For the season, um, but you know, I'm not an American Horror Story episode, so maybe that's just me thinking a little bit too straight and narrow. But it feels like this is where we're going.
0: Yeah, I know. I listened to, so I listened to the newest attack of the Queer Wolf and. Um, like, literally right before I watched this episode, actually, and Brennan and Sam and, uh, like, Jordan Cruciola from Vulture are all saying, like, they just don't feel like it's going, They're like, yeah, it feels, like, very standard, like, slasher tropey stuff, and it doesn't seem like it's going to, like, they did throw a little twist in, but, but, you know, like, it can't stay like this, but after this episode, I'm just like, no, I really think we're getting, like, standard slasher tropey stuff with some flat, like, with some, twists and turns for sure but not Mm -hmm. the standard like hard swerve that American Horror Story does
1: I think so I mean we're only three episodes in so they have two more to do their typical mid-season flip it and really twist you but I don't know I have a sneaking suspicion all of our twists are going to be within the slasher realm but we'll see Mm mm-hmm
0: Um, So we do see, we do find out this is the night, or we do find out that this is Jingles Night, which is apparently it's the anniversary of the massacre, so people dress up as Mr. Jingles and go out and just, like, fuck with people. So
1: it's Mayhem And they knew,
0: there are three kids who knew the camp was opening, so... Yeah, exactly. It's mayhem night. And three kids who knew what was happening have come out to the camp to mess with the counselors. And we figure this out once they throw in... (laughs) When this happened, too, for a second, I was like, did Mr. Jingles really just pull, like, the shit-in-a-bag trick?
1: Yeah, same. (laughs)
0: Um, But they throw human excrement in a bag on fire into the cabin that Trevor stomps out. And then they run outside and realize that they're being fucked with by pranksters.
1: Yeah. I really loved this whole fake-out. Um and I honestly wish that it would have lasted a little bit longer.
0: Oh, it would have been it could have been such a cool plot device to use for a while of the counselors not knowing that Mr. Jingles was, I mean, was there, but they could have maybe thought, Oh, he's not here. Maybe Brooke is kind of crazy, maybe she's imagining things, and then also um just kind of played with it to continue to mess with the counselors. I wish they had done more of them because it's good. As silly as it sounds, it's good body fodder for Jingles to mm-hmm. have, too.
1: Right, because we know that we have to keep introducing characters if we want to keep up with the body count. And, I mm-hmm. mean, that's happening. It's still going on. Um, but I really liked this, and I wish that we would have gotten... Yeah, like you said, either Mr. Jingles doesn't show up, so they do think he's fake, or... Or we have more kids, like, five or six of them. I mean, I suppose that could still happen. And then it's more suspense for us, knowing, like, wait, is this the real Mr. Jingles? Or is this one of those kids dressed up as him, like, fucking with us? We get it a little bit later in the episode with the third guy. But, again, it felt like, oh, okay, well, we resolved that really quickly. But it was cool. I liked it.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So... This is where we kind of get a convergence. They're running away. Like, the groups kind of converge. um, And, you know, uh, it's where we start to kind of go into our flashbacks. Um, they, They come together, and then they split apart again, and Rita and Brooke are going to her car. She has finally got the keys. And she knocks Brooke out with what she says is she thinks hor- horse tranquilizer and we get her full backstory which is this flashback of her going to the asylum and explaining that she wants to study mr jingles because she's looking to cure being a serial killer um so much of this reminded me of halloween 2018
1: mm-hmm. yeah where they're like, like everything the documentary and all that stuff
0: Yeah, and especially when she's telling him, like, I need to see you in your natural habitat. Like, that's Mm -hmm. so much the doctor of when he wants Michael to escape because he wants to see how he acts in the wild.
1: Right. Oh, for sure. And then the whole, um, her sort of theory behind it that she's going to release him because corn syrup and porn made him a serial killer. Like, that was a real thing. And in the Vietnam War, I mean, just blaming all of that. But I just think it's hilarious that it's like, oh, yeah, corn corn syrup and porn made him a serial killer, and I'm going to see if I can cure that. And I don't know. I liked that she was like, I'm I'm willing to risk people dying because he's flat out telling her, I'm going to kill people. And she's like, yeah, I mean, that's okay. I'm willing to risk it because we're going to get famous. Like, I'm going to cure... You know what
0: it's just i was just going to say it's interesting too that he he's like he doesn't want to leave because he is afraid he's going to kill people but he leaves on the idea of having kind of pittance for his sins almost
1: oh yeah i mean she's telling him i'm going to cure you you're going to be the last serial killer ever and then he's like all right like it'll be worth it me killing these people because i don't know i don't think we've gotten this information before but it's revealed that he um, doesn't remember he had, like, a psychotic episode mm-hmm. at the camp. Um, which I think this further is going to establish the fact that, you know, Margaret might be in on it. And there's there's something else going on and not just Mr. Jingles. It's like, I'm very suspicious of this whole, I had a, you know, mental breakdown I killed a bunch of people. I woke up and I didn't remember what happened. Like, there's going to be more to that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And then we see Rita um, go out to the camp. She's following—well, uh, fake Rita is following real Rita out to the camp. And that's where we get the entire, like, Dreama Walker part where— um, we just see Rita essentially take over her identity. She hides in the back of her car um, and takes her clothes. And then she that's how she has established herself as the nurse. Um, so we get Rita's backstory, and that's when we move into Chet's backstory. Or no, yeah, Ch- Ray's backstory, because Chet and Ray have fallen into, um, what is it called?
1: Um, I don't remember, but... They used to make them in Vietnam yeah, kind of pit. they used to do them in Vietnam where they dig big pits and then put spears. So it's another thing.
0: Yeah. And so Ray has been or Chet has been injured, so Ray dives into his whole backstory, which as B referenced earlier is kind of like this theme we're seeing with him where he's kind of um, he skips out on situations when they get hard. Um and he was in a frat and he basically pushed one of the pledges too far and he thought he killed him he was like falling he fell down a flight of stairs and he thought he killed him so he sets up this elaborate like fake death and right when it's happening the guy wakes up and he i mean to to his credit Ray tries to save him um not not a whole lot but um he tries to and right before the car goes off the cliff he rips Ray's watch off so Ray has like kind of admitted like I'm running because they, they. It's only a matter of time before they find um, my watch in his car.
1: Yeah, and he's like confessing this all to Chet, who's been impaled by one of these spears, and he thinks he's sleeping. So he's like, "Fuck!" Like this is my opportunity to get this out. And really, he's awake. And then, because he's awake, he shows his cowardly tendencies again. And is like, "I'm gonna get out of here." Like, I'm gonna leave you to die and goodbye. And sure enough, he climbs his way out and leaves Chet in there.
0: Yep. Um, but luckily it's not Mr. Jingles that is running or that is coming to the pit. It is actually um Trevor and Xavier. So they do find Chet in there who doesn't give Ray's fullback story but in like lets them know, like, yeah, he's got some shit going on <laughs> yeah. now get me out of here. Um, they managed to yeah, they manage to get him out of the pit, and Trevor um, throws who we think is Mr. Jingles into the pit, and then we find out it is not Mr. Jingles; it is just one of the poor, um, one of the poor imposters, um, the one of the three remaining, because the other two were murdered by Mr. Jingles earlier in the yeah, night. Yeah,
1: and I found this interesting because earlier in the episode, this, you know, Mr. Jingles imitator. Uh, runs into him and it's this whole scene where he's like Mm -hmm. um, he can't see because he's not wearing his glasses with the mask on and so he just thinks it's one of his friends and he's kind of like oh like I know I'm not like the cool guy and like you guys didn't want me to come but I just feel he makes a comment about how he feels like powerful dressing up like Mr. Jingles and Mr. Jingles lets him go and I wonder if that sort of like a sympathetic thing like a relating is that him relating to this kid like not fitting in and being kind of fat and awkward and so maybe he's like whatever I'm just gonna let this kid go um I kind of got vibes like that
0: yeah and he also so I got those vibes but I also almost I want to see reddit as a power thing like he felt powerful because this kid was saying like I feel powerful when a mystery Oh, the sort of like a power um, trip.
1: Like, oh, this kid kind of worships me in a way.
0: I, exactly. I, I like worship. But I think it could go one of both ways. I think it will go sympathy because we're going to keep getting flashbacks yeah. on Jingle. And
1: I think that's part of what they're trying to establish in this episode is that maybe he's not this vicious killer that we think he is. We'll
0: see. Yeah. Um,. The episode kind of wraps up um, after this. Those were the two big flashbacks. We get Ray and one last act of cowardice um, where he takes the keys for Trevor's motorcycle from Montana and he's going to leave her. Um, The Night Stalker jumps out and he just takes off because he's not. Fucking around. Um, So he leaves again, leaves her behind to die. Um, And then um, Mr. Jingles steps out of the road and a very classic slasher kill knocks his head off. That was so good. Uh, It felt so Jason. Oh, it felt felt so Jason. Jason. And
1: I feel very validated that my prediction that Ray would be the first one to die out of the group last week is true. Go me for calling the token black guy kill.
0: Yeah, you called it. (laughs) <laughs> um and that kind of throws us on to our last twist of the episode which is how the episode ends which is where the walks the nice dogger comes up um to montana and instead of killing her he starts kissing her and she shoves him away and asks why haven't you killed her yet dun dun dun
1: our second big twist
0: yeah i mean yeah the because the read is the big one um oh you know what i'm so sorry we skipped over by the way real nurse rita dies (laughs) mr jingles murders her with an oar because they find her release her and she wouldn't shut up so she leaves even though they're trying to tell her no no we're good we're good we're safe and mr jingles takes the end of an oar and shoves it down her throat
1: yeah this scene was one of the only ones that kind of gave me classic well that was really dumb sort of slasher trope as a fan where i'm like why wouldn't they have just kept the tape on her mouth Like, that did not make any sense.
0: Earlier in the episode, I was thinking of your, like, classic slasher, like, how they go against Uh the grain. And there was that part where Ray was like, yeah, we'll all split up. And they're like, no, dummy, there's four of us. We'll overpower Uh him. We're going to stay with four of us.
1: Well, yeah, and that's why um, Trevor goes after who he thinks is Mr. Jingles. And I love it, that line. He says... He's like, oh, Xavier's like, oh, he has a knife. And he's like, but I've got my guns. And then he pats his biceps, and I thought that was amazing. Um, but, yeah, it's like they're like, no, I mean, there's at least two of us. We can overtake him. Um, there's like multiple scenes where mm-hmm. they run into one of the characters is mentions a very tropey, stupid thing to do, and the other ones are like, mm, no, no, no. Like, you know, let's let's think about this. We could actually probably do something. But yeah, that that part I was like, oh my god, like, they took the tape off her mouth and then literally covered her mouth with their hands. Um, But I get it. They needed a body. And I liked, I mean, that was an awesome kill, the whole or through the mouth thing. Um, And I liked the twist that, it's showing us that although fake Rita is obviously a little sick in the head, she didn't she's not actually killing anybody herself she's just okay with Mr. Jingles killing people
0: yes because um, I did think she was going to kill Rita so I actually was kind of relieved when Rita shows up alive
1: well right it's it's giving us I mean there's that's taking fake Rita to a whole nother level if she's actually physically killing people I mean it's bad no matter what but that's a, a whole nother level and that whole scene with her was great, where she's, you know, mentioning, oh, you know, the real Rita's talking about, oh, well, if you're a woman driving alone and somebody's following you, you know, that's how you end up in a bag on the side of the road. I'm like, okay, that's how we're going to see her die. Like, they're going to put her in a garbage bag, right? So it's kind of nice that they, they still surprised you with mm-hmm. that.
0: Um, no real final girl or boy in this episode. We're kind of left with, uh, we don't see Brooke actually very much at all. It's a lot of flashbacks.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we're spending our time with our other characters. I'm Brooke's, yeah, barely in it. It's really all about Rita and Ray this episode.
0: Mm-hmm. But we do get a pretty solid body count of six. Um, three are by Mr. Jingles. And then two are kind of accidental deaths. Um, The kid thrown into the pit because they think he's Mr. Jingles. And then also Chan um, killed by Ray. Who is. Oh, I guess four Mr. Jingles.
1: Yeah. Yeah, the three kids pretending to be him. Then the real Rita. And then.
0: The two kids. Because one is thrown in the pit by Trevor. Wow, let's math today. And then Rita, then Ray. I know. Horror yeah, math. Every episode. Please know. I suck at math and I hate it. <laughs> I have
1: my degree in graphic design. Um, I haven't taken math in a very long time.
0: Basic math is hard.
1: Pretty much. Um, the big, the two main tropes, um, we have the killer in the backseat trope, um, which was Rita and Rita, which was fun. And then we have the whole prank gone wrong, which we seem to not be able to escape in our regular episodes right now. Um, So as soon as that happened with the whole, especially in like a sorority film, I was like, oh my God. This is basically like watching another sorority row movie.
0: Yeah, it's like three weeks in a row now.
1: Mm -hmm. And then, I don't know, did you notice any other big ones?
0: um not really i think the misdirect is kind of one of the like someone dressing as the killer i mean we see that in scream and we've seen it in a couple of the halloweens uh maybe but um other than that i don't really think there were any real big ones
1: no and then just the establishment of the character trope of um the coward character coming forward Mm -hmm. because we got more information on ray so we can pin him with that stereotype and
0: I guess the token black character dies first
1: correct mm-hmm. um,
0: what was your favorite kill
1: um I mean it's definitely the the or down the throat kill as annoyed as I am that how she got into that situation. Um, I love that it was the whole misdirect, we thought she was already dead, then she was alive just to get killed. I mean, that's really cruel, but fun. Um, And then it's just such a good, like, Friday the 13th type kill. It felt so good to kind of have one of those, because we've been getting a lot of the whole, you know, stabbing, knife, stab, knife, slash, knife. Um, So this one was fun.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I got to go with Ray getting his head clocked mm-hmm. off um and to lean into what you what you said it, it felt so friday and so i mean obviously stabbing is a big part of eighty slashers but also so are over-the-top ridiculous deaths like people getting their heads knocked off so i was mm-hmm. um pretty entertained by that i was also real dumb with ray by that point so i was fine with seeing him go
1: yeah they they they'd brought him down far enough he crossed over literally all of the other counselors he ditched them out Um, and so I was like, yeah, cool. You can die. Um, I'm fine with this now. Like no, no attachment to you whatsoever.
0: Um, I think you definitely mentioned, uh, one of your favorite lines, which Mm -hmm. was the, I got my guns. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, that was the best. (laughs)
0: Um, I, I, I did enjoy Montana again. Um, talking about when the killers are banging on the thing about, she's like, now'd be a good time for one of those quaaludes. (laughs) I'm just, she's so, she's so ridiculous. She's good. Um, Trevor also had another good line: the "Welcome to your own petard, asshole," which I enjoyed.
1: Yeah, those two are sort of are definitely our comic relief characters, one hundred percent.
0: Yeah, big time. Um, you saw that most people are saying this is the best episode yet.
1: Yeah, so a lot of people just praising it for um, the twists. Um, People are stoked on that. I think they're probably stoked because they feel like genuine slasher twists and not American Horror Story twists. Um, Mm -hmm. And so Bloody Disgusting had a really positive review. Um, EW had a good review. Vulture. um, So Internet Buzz seems to be people were pretty stoked, especially in particular people were stoked on the Rita twist.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's a solid. I think we needed – a twist on at least one more character and then to get that and then the very end the Montana twist I think was enough to get people excited like really excited for next week's episode
1: yeah um, so what do you think in general of this one
0: so I really liked it um, one I love the name but I, I hate that we keep getting names that don't particularly pertain to the episodes I guess this one yeah. kind of does because a lot of people get slashed um i guess but i i mean i don't think it was the best i think i still think the first episode was the best because i just love the in your face 80s slasherness of it but i think this was better than the second episode and i really enjoyed the backstories that we're getting and I, i i also think they're doing a really good job at cleverly introducing characters to get killed off so that our main characters have a little bit more of a stretched out Uh, life expectancy
1: yeah I totally agree I love that the characters who have gotten introduced make sense um and it adds like a nice layer to the episode to be killed off without us literally having to go down our six main characters or how many ever there are um yeah I really liked this episode I think it just shows like A really positive direction I liked the pacing in it Um, and I think this one for the first time felt this was the most serious Um, Mm -hmm. felt like the least campy the least um, like silly other stuff and I think that's what I really liked about it Um, not that I don't like though that those elements Mm -hmm. and I think they're doing it really well but I liked this more sort of straightforward take it feels like I mean which makes sense in a tv show format that's why it's so interesting to look at this versus you know the regular slasher films that we cover but this feels like that part in the film where we've had our fun with our characters like it does truly and we're only three episodes in but it feels like that middle section where (laughs) you know shit's starting to get real and sort of the fun musical montages are over for now Um, and yeah, I like that.
0: No, I agree. And then I also really think they're doing a smart job, um, with not inundating us with characters. So we didn't see like Margaret Brooke at all really this episode, which Mm -hmm. is good because we spent so much time with them in the first two. And then I, I enjoyed, I very much enjoyed the very like minimal, like, um, I can't remember what her name is. I think it's like Rita or something, but they're like, or no, Rita's the nurse, but they're like, who's that? And he's like, the chef. Yes. And
1: Oh my god, I was gonna I have that in my notes. I was like, yes, I have to bring that up. I cracked up because they say your name and I'm like, who the fuck are they talking about? And then that I think that's what Montana says, right? She's like, Who is that? And like, the chef. Um, it's Trevor saying, like, oh, we can't leave her. And I really liked that too, is that they like Trevor and Xavier and chat like all are so far good guys and really with the mentality like we're not leaving anybody behind we're gonna help anybody even if it puts us into danger and I really have liked that
0: Mm -hmm. no I love that line too that Trevor got all the good lines of he goes we're not leaving the cook she's good people (laughs) yeah (laughs) um predictions what do you think where are we going
1: Um, so the big guess after this is, who is Montana talking about? You haven't killed her yet. I mean, I think the big guess would be Brooke, but she could be talking about, um, Margaret. Um, I mean, she could be talking about really anybody. Um, I, a part of me wants to think it's not Brooke that she's talking about. Um, and that it is Margaret. I like, I don't know. I have like some sneaking suspicion that... That has something more to do with it because Brooke kind of coming was happenstance and they knew Margaret was going to be there. Um, I I think somehow Montana knows. This is like my big out there prediction that whatever we're going to find out about Margaret's involvement with what happened in 1970, it has affected Montana. And so she's enlisting the Night Stalker to help her get rid of Margaret.
0: All right, my big guess is Montana is sisters with the guy that her Brooks fiance killed, and wants to have Brooke die. So she invited Brooke just to be nice, but like thought she was gonna get killed that night. And then when she didn't, told the night stalker where they were gonna be, so he could kill her.
1: Fascinating. Yeah, there's, Montana's related somehow to something else for sure. And I will stick with And then I'm my... also
0: guessing that next week we get... I was just going to say, I think we get backstory next week on... Um, I'm hoping on Trevor and a, maybe a little more on Xavier, on the characters we haven't touched on.
1: Yeah, it seems like I'm hoping we're going to continue this trend and get backstories on everybody because I really like that and I think it's a, a great way to keep the show going the way it's going. Um in the trailer in the preview for next week it does look like we're gonna get our um confrontation between mr jingles and the night stalker that's pretty much all the next week Mm on showed
0: yep and the cook
1: (laughs) and the cook so i'm excited to see i don't really have i have no guesses for what all of that is going to entail I mean, I don't think that either of them are going to go anywhere, either of the killers. Um, And so I'll be interested to see what that confrontation looks like, if they're mm-hmm. going to band together in some way, if they're going to just beat on each other and something's going to get in their way from actually killing each other off. I'm also curious to see if the theory, um, if Ray comes back as like a ghost.
0: Yeah, that'd be cool.
1: Because he's our first, we've had other characters die, but he's our first counselor to die. And our hiker, Jonah, was a counselor, um, who we also did Mm -hmm. not see this episode. Um, So I'm curious to see if we get any kind of coming back, like if you're a counselor and die. Um, I don't know. We'll see.
0: That that would be smart. I I think that would be... um an interesting layer that they could add. And I feel like they also like to do that a lot with their characters.
1: Yeah. They like ghosts in the show.
0: Mm -hmm. All right, guys. Well, uh, that is it for our mini soda of American horror story. Uh, episode three. Thank you for sticking with us. Um, we know there was a little bit of weird technical overlay, but just because we had to be out of town, um and this will be up tomorrow so go back and check the ghastly grinning instagram if you want to see how universal hollywood horror nights went and then keep um uh, keep in mind the town that dreaded sundown the original will be the next film that we're covering for our normal um, bi-weekly keep screaming show so if you want to you can watch that to keep up with us um anything else b
1: no i think that's it
0: Cool. Well, until next time, keep screaming.